Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He's Joe Ryan I'm Jason Minix. All next week, we'll be in Los Angeles on Radio Row. Yet, Cowboys are still going to be a major topic of conversation. Always our Let's Talk Cowboys. John Mashota from The Athletic joining us now. You know, John, I think about the comments that Jerry made yesterday at the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, and at some point I thought, man, they need to take the microphone away from that man because he wasn't making a whole lot of sense. But what did you decipher out of what Jerry was saying yesterday? <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. I'm sure there's people <laughs> that feel that way. I'm, I'm not. I keep talking, Jerry. Uh, it's good for business. Um uh, I'd say the biggest takeaways, I mean, he talked for about 40 minutes. So I would say what I took away from it was the, when he mentioned Dan Quinn, he talked about comparing it to the Sean Payton and Jason Garrett, how he talked them into staying and how and he said in all three cases, uh, the conversa- conversation came up about them being future Cowboys head coaches. And obviously that happened with Jason Garrett. If Sean Payton never would have left, I'm sure he would have got his opportunity to be head coach and so that made you think like oh well there had to be conversations with Dan Quinn when they kept him this year after he uh you know had some head coaching offers that is he could be potentially in the mix to be a future Cowboys head coach and obviously the way things have gone recently that sooner rather than later so I found that kind of interesting um but hey that, when when Jerry talks about you know free agency and you know the draft and things like that uh, none of that stuff ever surprised me because he kind of a lot out there so that you have a lot to pull from with, without really getting into exactly what they're thinking or where they're going. And so um, it seemed like things were positive with Randy Gregory. So that, that seemed like a, you know, a good start. He said he had talked to Randy Gregory's agent out at the senior bowl. So that's, that's obviously a positive step there, but uh, you know, his answers about Amari Cooper sounded very similar to Stephen Jones's and, you know, listening to Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones over the last week, uh, it, I, I would say that Amari Cooper's spot on this team is certainly not guaranteed in, in 2022. So if that's the case, and we'll just pick it up there with Amari Cooper, what do the Cowboys want to do? I mean, do they have the guy that's there already? Do they think Cedric Wilson can take over that spot? Or um, what is their thinking there, John, as far as you're concerned? Well, the thing that they're going to say over and over again is they're going to talk about the salary cap and how that this was always going to be the case when they gave Dak $40 million a year, that they were to make cuts in other areas of the team. And so if you're making a lot of money, that's fine, but you better produce somebody that's making a lot of money. And because Amari Cooper's production wasn't on the level of a $20 million receiver, uh, then that's up for debate. And so uh, while you can also make the argument that Amari Cooper didn't get the targets of a $20 million receiver, so you can see both sides of it, um, but it would be more or less just, the, you know, the, the, the opportunity to save cap 
space. They would save, I believe, it's $16 million on, on next year's cap uh, by releasing him. And it'd be one of those things where it would just elevate C.D. Lamb, would, would you know be the number one receiver, which many believe he was this year anyway. And they would have to find out, you know, fill in, fill in at the two and three spot. They could be resigning uh, Cedric Wilson or Michael Gallup, or it could be, you know, doing it in the draft or or getting some other bargain free agent that's on a one-year deal type thing. So, uh, as I think I've told you guys last week, I know I've said before, I, I don't know how the team's better without Amari Cooper. So, uh, you see moves like that happening. Uh, it just It's just another uh, possible way of just showing you that that team they had this year on paper is going to be better than the team that they're going to have on paper going into next season. John Mashota from The Athletic joining us here on The Blitz. And, John, as you think about receivers, and I don't know if he's on a bargain on a one-year deal, but uh, Juju seems to be very interested in playing for uh, the Cowboys and getting passes thrown to him by Dak Prescott, or at least he said so at a 7-Eleven event. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, Do I think Juju Smith-Schuster will be a Cowboy next season? Probably not. But because of the Cowboys' name and who the Cowboys are, there's always going to be receivers like that that maybe didn't have a great year the year before, or maybe they're you know they get they get released the way Amari Cooper did, and they're looking for a one year like kind of prove it type deal. That's always a possibility, you know. And so yeah, hearing Juju Smith-Schuster say that is is interesting. I just I think maybe even a player like him would probably be looking for even more money than the Cowboys are willing to offer because uh, let's be honest, like they were able to fill in some gaps this past year and in, in years past by you know, bargain shopping and free agency. I see them doing the exact same thing again this year. You're not going to get rid of Amari Cooper or, or potentially Demarcus Lawrence and then go spend that money in free agency on, on, on some big additions. The biggest addition you would get is not even an addition. It would be just keeping Randy Gregory on the roster. So, again, like, while that's good for the Cowboys, Randy Gregory's a good player, that, that doesn't make your roster better than it was this past year. No, it doesn't. And talking about that, I've heard that a lot, and, and you kind of allude to that here, John, that – it doesn't appear anyway from outside looking in that the Cowboys are going to keep both of those guys, uh, Randy Gregory uh, or Demarcus Lawrence. Is that a possibility that one of those guys is out? Oh, definitely. That's definitely a possibility. Um, and and to be honest with you, like uh, the Cowboys are better when Demarcus Lawrence is on the field. Now he's dealt with injuries and he hasn't gotten the big sack numbers that you'd expect out of somebody that's getting the money he's getting. And so that's what will make it tough. And, and one of the other things that will be factored in on this, and, and I know it's only one game, but to not have any of that pass rush show up in that playoff game had to be really a gut punch to Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, whoever's making these calls, because that was supposed to be the strength of this team going into the playoffs, and especially going against a team that the quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, you should have been able to get some pressure. There was no pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, and you had everybody healthy and ready to go. That was the best. You know, you're de- like that defensive line in that game was better than the way their defensive line is going to be next year. I- I'm very confident of that. And that's because I don't think both Randy Gregory and DeMarcus Lawrence will be back. And if they're not, um, could you replace one of those guys if you had a top 10 pick? Yeah, sure. But at back, sitting back at 24, like, I mean, obviously there'd be an edge rusher there at 24, but it, I don't, I don't think anybody should expect to be getting an edge rusher that's going to make an immediate impact. I mean, yeah, there's always a chance you could get a, a TJ Watt type player to fall to you. Um, but you could also get a Taco Charlton to fall to you, and there's a big difference between those two players. <laughs> yes. Uh, so just filling that need at 24, there, there's no guarantee there either, and pass rush is at a premium. And, yeah, you got Micah Parsons, and, and he'll probably be even better in his second season, but 
like I said about Amari Cooper, I'll say the same thing about Demarcus Lawrence. I don't know how you're a better team without Demarcus Lawrence next season. He is John Machota from the Athletic, joining us here on the Blitz as he does every Friday and has throughout football season. We certainly uh, appreciate the time and the knowledge, John. And you you think about Micah Parsons. It's just kind of a sidetrack. You mentioned his name, and I'm thinking Edge Rusher. I watched the guy beat Tyree Kill in a race yesterday. Now I know he's not faster than Tyree Kill, but holy cow, that was crazy. Yeah, I mean that's the thing about. Micah, he's always talking about how fast he is. And in football, you don't, you get very, very rarely do you run like you do in that competition that they were in uh, yesterday or the day before when they recorded it, where it's just straight line speed. But no, Micah, absolutely. He's a freak in, in every sense uh, the speed, uh, the athleticism, the strength. Uh, that, yeah, there's no way that if there was serious money on the line that I would bet on him to beat Tyreek Hill in a race. Let's put it that way. Uh, I don't know that that was really what happened there, but. Uh, just even just the, how fast he was in that competition just shows you the type of level uh, that he's on. And he's certainly a player that uh, I think could play. You know, he could get snaps at running back and would probably do just fine. Uh, but then again, when you're the Cowboys and you're moving him all over the place on defense, I don't think you need to worry about him on offense. But, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's to me, there's two, there's two major things that Cowboys fans should be optimistic about going into next season. And that's that they kept Will McClay and that'll give you a fighter's chance in, in, in the draft. You're going to get good players. Uh, I'm not saying you're going to get another Micah Parsons, but you're going to get most likely you're going to get good players. And then the fact that Micah Parsons, I don't think, is, has scratched the surface yet of how good he can be. And so uh, that will be interesting, too. When you got, And then also, obviously, keeping Dan Quinn, those two get a chance to grow and take it to another level next year. Just on the fun side, John, when you look at Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs, those guys are winning the Pro Bowl. They seem to be having more fun than anybody during all those competitions out there. I love to see that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they, and they should. They're young guys, and they're getting those opportunities. Um, but it's not lost on me that you have a guy like Dak Prescott who could have been in there, and he said this week that uh, you know, he just wants to move forward and get get into next season because he's so disappointed with the way that season ended. So I can see it from both sides. When you're young in the league, you should enjoy that. You, who knows how many more opportunities you're even going to get to be in the Pro Bowl. I mean, nothing's guaranteed in, in, in this game, no no question. But I can also understand the side of it of a guy like Dak Prescott, who it's like, how many opportunities am I going to get with this good of a roster to make a deep playoff run? I mean, it's very possible that this roster that the Cowboys had in 2021 – the best roster that Dak Prescott will ever play with. Now, maybe he doesn't. Maybe they get some better teams down the line or things like that. But, um, you know, I'm a guy from Detroit. I saw the 2014 <laughs> Detroit Lions, uh, one of the best teams that I've seen them have in a long time with Sue and, and Calvin Johnson and Stafford and all these guys. And I've seen them lose to the Cowboys in the playoffs. And looking back on it at that time, you think that, oh, they're just building, they're just building. That was the best thing that the Lions have had in probably the last 20 years. Now you look at Stafford, he's in the Super Bowl with another team. And the very first year he leaves there, like, nothing's guaranteed in this league. I mean, there's no guarantee that you're going to have this same exact team ever again. And there's no guarantee that you'll be as good as this team this past year. Very, very true. John Mashota from The Athletic joining us here on The Blitz. Sean, uh, John, um, you look at Kellen Moore set to interview this weekend in Miami. The comments that Jerry made yesterday in in Mobile kind of make me think that, that Jerry's thinking he has a chance at getting this job. Where do you put Kellen's chances of getting the head coaching job with the Dolphins? Yeah, I found it interesting how much Jerry was talking about that when the previous Friday, when I 105 through the fan, it was all about how 
you know, we're keeping Dan Quinn and we didn't want to talk about it because we didn't want to risk losing him. But he has no problem talking about this stuff when Kellen Moore is still in, you know, yep. his, his job is, you know, still out there. He might get a head coaching job. Uh, I don't know. Like, it's interesting that he's got to the second interview. That's obviously a huge part of it. Um, he's got tough competition, obviously, Mike McDaniel, the offense coordinator from the 49ers. He's got a lot of momentum uh, going his way uh, this past season. A lot of people have been talking about him for a while. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think that most would have said that they could have seen Dan Quinby in this position, but didn't think Kellen Moore uh, was going to get a head coaching job. But he's in the mix. There, I mean, there's no question about it. And I mean, I'll just use the Vikings one as, a, as an example because it was the most recent job. You know, that seemed like everything was pointing to, to Jim Harbaugh getting it, and then all of a sudden it's like, nope, he's not. And and whether that because of interviews or whatever, we, you know, you you really don't know right now. But maybe if, you know, who who says that Kellen Moore doesn't have a great interview, uh, is an interview, and, 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 and it blows him away. Like, all of a sudden, boom, he's got that job. But uh, in, in tying it back to the way Jerry was talking, it sounded a lot like the way Stephen Jones was talking uh, the day before that. And that's, if that is the case, the Cowboys seem very comfortable with, you know, Mike McCarthy to take over the offense and call the plays like he did in Green Bay. And uh, that would be interesting to say the least if, if they, if they went that direction. John Mashota from the athletic, you heading to LA? I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to stay here and, and freeze. <laughs> Enjoy that. John, I, I know it's radio row next week and, just, you know, for your calendar, uh, Emmett's going to be on with us at 530 next Friday. So, we, you know, we, we might do some shuffling or skip next week, but I know uh, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up big time. Absolutely. Completely understandable there. Appreciate it. John Mashoda, <laughs> make sure you're following him on Twitter, at John Mashoda, J-O-N, uh, no H in there.